You're listening to the Class on Grass podcast. Check out our website at classongrassmedia.com and become a patron for extra benefits. Oh, yes! Welcome back to the Class on Grass podcast, season two, episode 14. Yes, episode 14. Back at it for a usual, um, hopefully usual, stretch. Normal schedule. Yeah, normal schedule where we where we do a podcast every week. So we've got quite a bit to talk about this week, a lot with the Prem, um, some American stuff. We're going to have a call-in with one of our journalists, our head guy, who uh, does all that. And hopefully he'll have some good stuff to say on the front of American players and how they're doing in Europe uh, and how it looks for the American future. But to start us out, we have a lot of Premier League that happened this weekend, starting with kind of going off of the end of last episode with how Arsenal have been in a really bad form lately. They actually beat Chelsea 3-1 in an incredible game where they they played really well. Their, their press, I know you didn't watch because you were in the car, Yeah. Um, but their press was really, really good. I haven't seen them press that well in a very long time. And they had two somewhat lucky goals and then a really good free kick from Granite Xhaka. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. I, I did see the highlights, but, I mean, was it as good as Ward Prowse's? I mean, is any is any set-piece taker in the entire Premier League as good as Ward no. Prowse? I, I, dis, I, don't, I don't think so, any set-piece you know, taker is. So, put some respect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, Granite Xhaka is not, like, he's not a very good player. No. Uh, he's he's going to do that 1 in 10 games, or 1 in 10 free kicks, and then he's going to go back to being normal Granite Xhaka. I did, I did respect the Selly, though. Mm-hmm. You know, he just stood there. Yeah. If he would have celebrated like crazy, I would have been like, okay, buddy, you're mm-hmm. still not very good. But he was like, yeah, that, that was... He was like, all right, let's go. Yeah, let's keep Get going. Did you, see, uh, did you see Bukayo Saka's goal? I did. Do you think he tried to do that? No. <laughs> the, announcer, the announcer after the goal was like, if he attempted to do that, he's the best player in the world. <laughs> I don't... By the way he... What position he was in, by the way he hit the ball... It, it looks like not, he was trying to cross it. Yeah, it did not look like a shot. He, if he, you're trying to chip someone, you do more like a straight-on mm-hmm. chip, but he kind of put curve on it, which makes it not look like a shot. He was out, If you guys didn't see the goal, he was outside the box, took like one touch into like the box. Like far right side of the box, far not right like side. central. He had Lacazette running in back post, and he hit cross technique. It went over the top of Edouard Mendy, and hit the left post and bounced in. An incredible goal, no matter if he meant it or not. And it sealed the deal with three goals for Arsenal to win that game. Do you think that that's going to be a sign of things to change for Arsenal? Uh, I think it was much needed. Uh, you know, I couldn't see them going more and more games with only a draw or a loss. Yeah. Like, it was going to come at some point. Um, I obviously did not expect Chelsea to be the team as, you know, in the past they've had, I think Edward Mendy and that defense had like eight straight games, clean sheet or something yeah. really good since Edward Mendy, Mendy has, in, and I, now he's kind of maybe eight or nine, eight between eight and 10 clean sheets. Yeah. And now the past couple games for Chelsea, they've actually conceded a lot more and back to kind of where they started the season where their attack was okay, but their defense just kept losing them games. You know, I find Chelsea really interesting right now because they have... Ziyech was out with an injury, and I think Ziyech has been their most lively player when he's playing. Uh, he's creating a lot of chances. He reminds me of Bruno Fernandes, obviously not as good, though, with Bruno Fernandez's form right now. But it's an interesting team because they have Kai Havertz, who is an unbelievable player. There's no question about that, but he's not, he's not performing like an unbelievable player. Timo Werner isn't performing like we thought he would mm-hmm. he's still playing well but not the same uh they have Pulisic who is really I mean he he's not not the best voted American player but maybe the most talented American yeah. player um and, and they have Mason Mount Tammy Abraham Olivier Giroud they have a really good attack and then I think bringing in Tiago Silva to that defense obviously they have Reese James and Ben Chilwell um but bringing in Tiago Silva was the key to their defense not because he's so good, but because he calms the defense down so much. He, mm-hmm. 
even if he makes a mistake, you say that w- that was an accident. That that I mean that was lucky from the other team. It's yeah. just a mistake because he's so experienced and such a veteran in that team that he he you don't expect him to make mistakes and and I think he just calms everyone down a ton. So I don't think that 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 loss is really going to affect them a ton with the presence that they have in the locker room. Yeah, and it's kind of difficult for Frank at this point because when your two top players that you brought in for 80 million plus aren't really doing anything. Yep. It's hard. Obviously I saw, I didn't watch the game, but I saw um, on like Instagram and Twitter after a lot of fans were saying Pulisic and Hudson Adoy, who came on at halftime were the best players. Far more lively. And, and Kai Havertz yeah. came in for the, the last bit of the game and did a, what Kai Havertz is normally doing with Chelsea, so pretty much nothing. And Timo Werner, he's fast, but he he hasn't adapted to the Premier League very well. And he said in an interview, it's much tougher than the Bundesliga, uh, my previous league, and I wasn't expecting it, and it's a great challenge for me. And I'm thinking, he used to play against Premier League teams in the Champions League. How is it mu- that much different? Yeah. I mean, Premier League teams don't play differently when they move to European competition, necessarily. And maybe, sure, the lower teams, but he's not doing anything against the bigger teams either. No. And it is, like I said, tough for Frank because at, like, kind of one point, it's, well, you bought these players, you have to start them every game. If you're not Mm -hmm. playing them, why'd you buy them for that much money? On the other hand, it's, they're not performing, you're not getting the results you need. So put in uh, Hudson-Odoi, put in Pulisic, put in these not as expensive players but if they're doing better you should put them in but i'm sure you know from the owners and the board it's like a lot of pressure to play mm-hmm. timo and kai even if they're not performing just because of how much they paid for him well i think i think overall you can say it was a successful transfer window considering they brought in three world-class or two three world-class defenders two oh, world-class yeah. fullbacks a goalkeeper that is unbelievable for how much they purchased him and I think Ziyech is still a very good signing. Yeah. So it's not a bad transfer window. For what they oh, yeah. got out of it, maybe the amount that they spent. But they just spent it in the wrong places. They, they didn't need to spend They could have had the same result with much less money spent. Oh, yeah. And I remember at the beginning of the season, we were saying, like, is this the best transfer window a team has had ever? Yeah. Based on, like, it was like FIFA, how they, it's like Tiago Silva, oh, yeah. He's good. Let's just put him in. Mm-hmm. Werner, Kai, you know, all these players. It's like, oh, yeah, they were good, so let's buy them. And usually you don't see one team buy all of yeah. those good players. But it just really hasn't worked out yet. I don't know if that's chemistry, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've done. They've had some really good performances, but we do have to talk about four of their last games. They've taken three points away. They lost to – they beat West Ham. Is that correct? I think it was West Ham yeah. that they beat. They West lost Ham. to Wolves. They lost to Arsenal, and then who was the other one? Um, Don't quite remember. Uh, Everton. Everton, okay. So the, they they should be taking more points away than that. With Arsenal's form this season, Wolves' form this season, I can understand Everton beating them, considering that they, they've been quite good this season. But, I mean, they've got to take more than three points away from those games. Yeah, and like I said, they were kind of looking on the up, uh, after they signed Mendy, um, mm-hmm. you know, clean sheets, they're getting results. Um, and then this kind of run of form in the past couple games has kind of derailed that. But at the same time, I don't think, I think they're still, I mean, everyone like Southampton are eighth, mm-hmm. but they're only three points from second place. So the like, Premier League is odd this yeah, season. It's like really tight there. So it may seem like Chelsea are kind of falling off, but I think one more win and they'll be yeah. you know saying, Oh, title continues. I mean I personally think that the league is people are getting much less points this season than they have in the past. The top of the table at the moment is thirty one points and the bottom is two. <laughs> but yeah, two but actually like whatever seven yeah, however many it, it, West Brom have West Brom have seven and then you go up to eleven, thirteen and then I think thirteen and fifteen. Brighton are sitting in sixteenth um and Arsenal are just above them, three points ahead. Or now it's two, considering we got the draw. But that draw was horrid. That was horrible. We were we were up one nil 
with a stinky Neil Mape goal. It was really bad, <laughs> but he, he scored it anyway. And then, uh, and then um, we we tie or they tie the game one one, and it was I can't remember who actually got the goal, but oh, it was West Ham got Johnson, it. Johnson, some. Oh yeah, it was player. the fr- it was the first time he ever scored a Premier League goal. So it was a good finish. Yeah, and it was a great assist. Did you see it? Yeah, the, the, sliding, the sliding assist. Yeah. yeah, really good. Um, so then they bring it back one one. We weren't playing that well, and then. GP makes a really interesting substitution. We're up two one, or or we actually score. We score with um, um, dunk. Yeah, dunk off of a corner, which was pretty good. Uh, he just tapped it in with his foot. Not usually what you see, but then GP makes an interesting substitution, and he takes off uh Danny Welbeck and brings on Pascal Gross. And I can understand taking off a striker, but he brought in an attacking mid. So you're taking out your your. You're lessening your attack, but you're not strengthening your defense. You're just—he's increasing the midfield, so maybe that we can hold possession. But we're not a team that's that, that's going to be able to do that for ten minutes. No, we hold possession better than most bottom table teams, but not for ten minutes. So then they get another opportunity in the score, and then our attack's not very good because Danny Welbeck's the kind of guy who can actually counter. Neil Mape's not fast, not strong, and he's not tall. So. He's really only there to finish what's in front of him. Yeah. You know? Well, so it was a train wreck. Yeah. I have two questions. One, Lamptey was not playing? Yeah, I don't know why. I think I think he has some little injury. Yeah, because I didn't see him when I was watching. And then two, is Gross's work rate even that much no. better than a tired Danny Welbeck? No. I don't personally like Pascal Gross. Because if team. it was like... For pressing and like mm-hmm. getting fresh legs, yeah, I don't really see him as the player to do that. I'd I think see... Pascal Gross. He, I think he could help the midfield retain possession a little bit more. He can help score a long range goal. He's good to take set pieces, stuff like that. But I mean, realistically, like he's not going to do much more than Danny Welbeck, who he isn't a great striker. He's not top quality, but for Brighton, he's good. Yeah, you know, he's a good and signing for Brighton. He's definitely like a lower, like a veteran striker for a lower uh position team like yeah. you see every year there's someone like that. exactly and he does he's doing well for you no he's doing really well he he gets opportunities to score and i, I just don't understand why he took him out and yeah. why he put gross in i mean at least put an aaron Connolly in who has some pace yeah, and he's exactly. a striker you know i i just obviously Graham potter's a premier league manager so you, you but you, you have to ask him why he made that decision mm-hmm and then it resulted in us getting a draw because for some odd reason, Dunk heads it out, but it hits Suchek in the face and goes in. It's like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Dunk goes up for the header and heads it towards Suchek. But yeah. yeah. Um, the, the other team that surprisingly is doing really well, pretty much just because of one man, literally only one person, yeah. is, is Man United with Bruno Fernandes. I know you think he's a pen merchant, and he is, but... How, I've changed a little. How bit. valuable is Bruno Fernandez to that team? Invaluable. Like I don't think Man U would give him up for any money if someone exactly. came in. Like the I he's getting a goal or assist or both every single every game. single game. The amount of chances that he creates it's ridiculous. And why I say he's a penalty merchant is because from the goals I've seen, it is either penalties or. You know, the assists are good. He's a good passer. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are maybe not as good as you'd see. I know he scored a couple free kicks or yeah. outside the box. but He had like a weird header. And I think one thing I think is why he's so effective is because of his movement. Mm-hmm. Like, he scored against Everton. He made a midfield run from deep into the box, unmarked, and just headed it in. A great finish for a midfielder. And a lot of the movement he gets he gets that space to play those balls or yeah. to get that shot off so quick too yeah and i think that's really it. you know people say i've said he's like a diver or he really all he is he's effective he's, yeah he's there for penalties but like when i've watched him more and more he is playing a really impart- important role in that team yeah I, I agree with you that they wouldn't give him up for any amount of money and he i i watched a game where Bruno Fernandez wasn't in, and they had everyone else. They had Pogba in and everything, and they were losing. And then Bruno Fernandez subbed on in the 60th minute, and they won 2-1. Yep. And it's not a coincidence, you know? 
So I don't really, it, it's just crazy that one player can be that valuable to a team. And it makes me think, I know it's crazy to compare him, but it makes me think when Messi leaves Barca, whenever that is, will Barca beat really bad? I don't think Messi at this point is as important to Barca as... No, it's interesting because I think I agree with that. Messi, although the best player in the world, he's not as effective. No. He's not creating that that many chances. I mean, you almost have to think, is he hindering that team? Like, you know, Messi has to start. He has to play. He's not at the top of his game anymore. Is it worse to start him than a younger player or maybe change the system up to yeah. play better as a team instead of... Because it's just pass it to Messi. It really yeah. is. Let's just get it to Messi, see what he can do, and he scores still because of that. But that Barca team could probably do more without him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it hurts for Barca fans to, to think about that, but it's in, in the realistic picture here, he's not going to be with them for much longer. No. And he, they're not performing well enough, so you've got to try things out. The pro- and did you see what the board said to him? They said, we have to lower your contract or we can't keep you. Because we don't have the money. When did they say that? Uh, the, the new president said that about a week ago. He said, we will need to lower your contract or you will not stay because we can't afford you anymore. Hmm. Since when did Barca not have enough money? Yeah, after they tried to keep him yeah. from leaving. And then they're like, well, we actually can't keep you. Yeah, that, I mean, it's just craziness. Um, McTominay scored two goals in the space of three minutes. The fastest ever brace. Against Leeds, yeah. Yeah, in the Premier League, I believe, because Lewandowski's five goals in ten minutes probably breaks a record somewhere in there. Well, Mane scored a hat-trick inside three minutes for Southampton. Okay. A couple years. What Was yeah. it fastest brace? It was fastest brace. Brace, so, so it was inside been... like two minutes. Right? Yeah, it was inside two minutes. That I mean, for a player like Scott McTominay, that's incredible. <laughs> defensive midfielder. <laughs> a defensive midfielder scoring two goals. I mean, it's not. there's not too much to say about it because he's... He's obviously people are obviously going to break ref- records with freakish moments like that. Yeah. He, he's not going to go out and score a hat trick next game. No. So it's just a it's just a little blip in whatever is happening. But I mean, it's good for him and it's good for Man United as a whole. Uh, he's kind of a good finisher. I mean, no, he is. <laughs> he scored last season that one against Man City. You know, Chip Ederson from way out when he's yeah. out of his net. You know, the two goals he scored. One was it insane swerve on Mm -hmm. the ball to the bottom corner outside the box the other one he had a little step over touch and then placed in the bottom corner like a striker and have have you ever heard uh i think it was rashford or someone doing an interview you know with like chunks or young philly or something like that where they where they uh, just talk about locker room stuff and they were asking who just like looks at themselves the most in the mirror and he said scott mctominy when he's lifting will every time after a set just get up and like flex his muscles and look in the mirror nice. <laughs> so he he clearly has confidence in himself oh um, yeah well but yeah someone who probably doesn't have confidence in in himself right now is Jaden sancho 900 minutes without a goal or wow. an assist i mean you kind of think about from a year or two ago he was thought of as you know Oh, golden boy, better than Mbappe. You know, mm-hmm. he's gonna get the Ballon d'Or in only a couple of years. He has really fallen off with that. That Dortmund team has a little bit. They have, from what I've seen. But Erling Holland hasn't. No, and Reyna is still doing well. But like, I think at, their results haven't been as good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Sancho is just not playing good I, since I, since he was linked to Manu. Yeah, I I personally go. I don't think he would have done well at Manu. I I feel like I've said that on the pod before. I don't think yeah. he would have done well at Manu. Maybe with Bruno Fernandes, he would have done insane, but we don't know that. Uh, and I think that him not leaving this past summer has hurt his career. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to go when, as soon as possible, whenever that is. The problem is, I mean, maybe this streak will lower his price and someone can actually get him because he was so his price was so hiked up, no yeah. one really wanted to pay it. But maybe this streak of not scoring will lower his price and then someone will pick him up and he'll go back to the Sancho we all know and love. But hopefully he can get some some goals and an assists in the future because he is a great player to watch just in general. You know, seeing his highlights, watching games with him in it, he would he's so skillful. He he passes the ball really nicely for a winger and he can finish well. So Yeah. Hopefully we can see him doing well. Uh another player who made an unbelievable play this past week yes. uh was personal Campempe, mm-hmm. who pulled his hamstring while running back 
and then he realized he was the only man back and it was a 1v4, decided to keep running while holding his leg yeah. that he pulled the hamstring and made a slide tackle to if, save it. If you haven't seen it, you need to, you know, go to PSG's Instagram account. They have it up. They do. Or, or really, just look up really Kempem- everywhere. Yeah, just look up Kempempe everywhere. slide tackle. But, I mean, just to see how good it was, us describing it won't really say it, but, I mean, pulling your hamstring and then running another five yards and sliding perfectly yeah contact and then the as, as soon as he slid and got the ball and his players took it out he was just on the ground laying there yeah like he could not move anymore and you know <laughs> i have not seen that from a defender in no a while. i mean watching the slow-mo was actually ridiculous because you can see his face he pulls the hamstring and his face like immediately is like oh my god that hurt really bad and he grabs his hamstring and then he looks up and sees that it's a 1v4 yeah. and he's the last man and he's not even a 1v4 he's yeah, behind he's behind player. all yeah. like the, the, there's one player to his left who's a little bit behind him but then the three players to his right are all in front of him one of them with the ball yeah. he realizes that he needs to get there because he's the last man back and then goes into a full sprint with a pulled hamstring, slide tackles the ball, wins it, and then just lays there and get, needs uh, help from the physios. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. It, that that is incredible, and I don't I, I don't personally think Kimpembe is one of the best defenders in the world. I mean, he's good for PSG, but he's not yeah. he's not up there in the top five. But that is an incredible play. I feel like I'd rather maybe because I'm a defender, but I'd rather have that play than like a sick volley goal. Yeah, I mean it. That play was all over. It's hard for a defending play to get everywhere oh, all yeah. over social media. You don't. It's just like if a defender wins the Ballon d'Or. When Van Dyke had that unbelievable season, it was he was deserving of the Ballon d'Or, but he didn't even get it because he's a defender. Yeah. And it was all over social media that he even got that far. But that's because he was that much better as a defender. This play got all over social media, even though it's just a play. It did get everywhere because yeah. it was that much better. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a that's a play that I would remember forever. Like I just he and Lille it was against Lille, who is top of the table with one win. Do you know the outcome of that game? I saw the tackle. I'll look at it. Yeah, check check the outcome of that game. But and then Renato Sanchez on Lille. Yeah, he Renato Sanchez who who is on Lille wants to leave. Lille is a very good team right now, like we were saying. But we said it last pod. It's kind of like Ajax two years ago and Monaco three years ago. Monaco three years ago had. Uh, Kylian Mbappe and Bernardo Silva, uh, PSG now and Man City now. And then Ajax had um, De Ligt and De Jong and Donny van de Beek two years ago. Van de Beek is now on Man United. De Jong is now on Barca and De Ligt is now on Juve. So that just shows you can have a really good team, but because those teams are really good at developing but not uh, retaining their players and staying uh, top of their leagues and going far in the Champions League every year, Probably Jonathan Bamba and Renato Sanchez from that Lille team will head out soon. Yeah, and that was a 0-0 game, so that saved a point. Yeah, that saved a point for PSG, which is huge. And Lille were first and PSG Do you know who the player is that has, his name is like S-Z-Y, he's an attacker, it's like, it starts with an S and then a Z-Y, he's an attacker for Lille. I can't quite remember him, he's also a winger who looks very good and he'll probably leave soon. I know there's an, like... Hungarian player for Leipzig. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about also. But, yeah, I don't know. The one player on Leipzig who I think's pretty good and might leave soon is Danny Elmo. What position does he play? Attacking mid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's really good. I think he might leave soon. Just another little note there. Um, I'm just talking about young players who might leave soon. But I don't consider Leipzig necessarily in that bracket of we develop really good players and then sell them. I mean, they're kind of starting to be that. I mean, they sold Timo Werner, and and they might be selling some players in the future. But Salzburg is more doing that. Salzburg is more, yeah, with Erling Holland and stuff. But I just think Leipzig are too big a stage to do that. Like Ajax are in the the uh, Eredivisie, and Monaco were in League One uh, or League One, should I say? Mm-hmm. And they, th- it's a much smaller stage, and clubs that aren't supposed to be in the Champions League every year, or they're supposed to be in the Champions League, but they're not supposed to go far. Yeah. Although Monaco is really downhill ever since that season yes um but yeah i think leipzig's expected to be in the champions league and be second or third in the bundesliga every single year so i think it's Mm -hmm. they can sell less players because they don't just want money for their academy and for facilities they need to do well Mm -hmm. um so that kind of wraps up the european side of this past week but we do have mls stuff 
and overall, just some some young U.S. American stuff. First off, for for the Loons, uh, our our home team, the, the scarfs up here always, no matter what. But yeah, for yes. the for the Loons, what has happened to Ike Opara? I don't know. I mean, they he played the first like three games of the season uh, last March. Uh, COVID hit. Yep, and then it was the MLS's back tournament. He just didn't go. He, he they just didn't go. He said he was injured or he's dealing with something you know that we go to the semifinals of that we come back season starts again still not eligible um you know heath is kind of putting off the problem he's like oh you know he's he has a history of concussions and he has other personal things going on mm-hmm. which well he means, wears the helmet every yeah, game <laughs> which means i don't think it is concussions i think it's something not injury wise family stuff yeah maybe um but he hasn't played the rest of the season. Yeah. He, he hasn't played. And he's he won MLS Defender of the yeah. Year last season. So it's really hard, you know, to see that good of a player not being able to play in, you know, this is his prime. Mm-hmm. He, you know, I think he won MLS Defender of the Year 2017. 2019. You know, this is kind of his time, and we're so lucky to have him because he was one of the best defenders in the league. When we had him and Vito, we were unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully... He will come back. I don't know if he's maybe deciding to be done and retire. That would be sa- that would be a sad day for United fans, yeah. not Manchester United, Minnesota United. Pretty much the same thing, yeah. though. But I'm also surprised <laughs> he wasn't kind of in the running for USMNT spot. Totally, that's actually he is very true. Yeah, that's his nationality, and I just think he's so good in the MLS because he's really fast and he's strong and he's solid. But I don't know if he has the abilities to. The technical abilities and IQ to play at that high of a level yet. Yeah, but and and you look at you know Aaron Long, you would probably want to take Aaron Long, a younger defender. Yeah. John Brooks has European, yeah, um, exactly. experience. You know he's very good. He's huge and pretty tall. Uh, you know he's got some pace, but still winning MLS Defender of the Year over Aaron Long and these other MLS defenders. You know you kind of thought maybe he would get a tryout for that. But then, you know, this happened and he's mm-hmm. not really been back. Yeah, it's just it's really unfortunate. Um, we do have now our uh, our journalist who's going to come on and talk about some young Americans, etc. Yeah, so he um, is coming out with an article in the next couple of days about uh, McKenney winning the uh, USMNT Player of the Year and just other stuff about um, how the U.S. is looking. In the future, and a lot of these young players are getting linked to these huge European clubs. And, you know, McKenney's doing very well at Juventus after making that move. Uh, Tyler Adams, you know, Pulisic, and a lot of these players are kind of paving the way for, you know, these 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Yeah. Um, we do have uh, Zakaya on. Uh, he He's our head of media and news. And like Max said, he's coming out with the article in a bit. Uh, how are you doing, Zakaya? I'm doing pretty good today. How about you guys? Good. We're doing well. We're doing well. So, do you mind telling us a little bit about uh, the article that you are coming out with in a in a few days? So, first, I'm going to talk about the changing in the world stage. As you mentioned, Pulisic has really opened the way for young American players to gain some more respect in European football. We can see that today with Gio Reyna making progress at Dortmund, Sergio Des at Barcelona, and my main topic today, Weston McKinney. Miss McKinney at Schalke, uh, who's playing, well, he's all known from Schalke playing for Juventus. And he's really had an amazing season so far. Uh, two goals, two assists, and he scored a world-class goal against Barcelona in the Champions League. But mainly, it's just a change in American soccer um, from primarily the U.S. men's national team coming from the MLS to having talent worldwide um, from many European clubs. Yeah, I think that the improvement in U.S. players uh, throughout the past few years has been exponential, to say the least. The, the U.S. has had players popping up, Conrad De La Fuente, uh, Serginho Dest, like you said, Weston McKenney doing well. Um, we all knew about Pulisic far before the past 
couple years. He he was a good young talent, and now he's proving it at Chelsea. He proved it at Dortmund. I think that we're seeing a ton of players. And before this, we had guys like John Brooks, like we talked about a little bit ago with um, the whole Ike Opara discussion. But we we had guys like John Brooks and and Clint Dempsey a while back, Landon Donovan, who were good. Mm-hmm. They, they were very good, don't get me wrong. But I think we're seeing a lot more young talent that could be popping up. Another one that I was uh, researching and seeing is Sebastian Soto, who who looks really, really good. Um but yeah, I think I think the overall shift, like you were saying, Zakaya, is is really positive right now. Yeah, I think that following the 20, 2018 World Cup where the U.S. failed to qualify, a lot of the young soccer players uh, thought of making that next step so that they could help you know, even the country just qualify for the 2022 World Cup. And we're seeing how it's working today. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree with you. You have anything to say about that? Yeah, I just find it odd because, you know, this has kind of come out of nowhere. Um, after losing to Trinidad and Tobago in, um, qualification for the World Cup, you know, we didn't make it. And then, uh, Berhalter came in, kind of changed the whole squad to a younger team. And then you're seeing all these really good young players who are now linked to, you know, Barcelona, Juventus, all these huge teams kind of out of nowhere. I wonder why, you know, they weren't kind of thought of as really good as at the U17, U16 kind of time, you know, with those, because they have the national team for those age groups. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if they did well or they weren't doing well and they just kind of developed really well until now. Now they're getting their break. But, you know, you see uh, young players in England and stuff, like 16 years old they're like oh this guy is going to be the next big player yeah and then you don't see that for the u.s and now they're only a couple years older and the u.s is thought of as like the next big team exactly and i think an interesting uh person to look at to totally describe the situation is a minnesota boy caden clark he has come absolutely out of nowhere he was a really good player and everyone in the soccer community who was who was running the national team and everything, they all knew about him. But the general public wasn't talking about Caden Clark very much. And now there there is a ton of stuff about him out. Um, and he, he's been doing really well in the MLS, scoring three goals, I think. And he only came in towards the latter half of the season. He yeah, only played like five or six. Exactly. Games. So um, someone who's doing that well, I think, really describes the entire U.S. national team scene right now really, really well. Um and and yeah, we Zakai, uh, you were uh, you were talking about, or, or at least I know you were going to talk about in your article how Weston McKenney won U.S. Uh, Player of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. So recently, in the past couple of weeks, they announced that Gio Reyna won the Best Young American Player, and Weston McKenney won the U.S. Male Player of the Year. And at only age twenty-two, that's an incredible feat for any player. Yeah. So, I- Totally, I totally agree with that. Um, it really shows his potential. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, and um, and I think that it's it's interesting because we know that Pulisic was very good for us, but we we do know he he had injury problems and he wasn't really pulling the strings as as Chelsea needed him to. Although in the last game against Arsenal, he looked very good. Although they lost three one, uh, he had a dribble that went through about four people. And then played it off to Reese James, who crossed it in, and Tammy Abraham chested it into the back of the net. There was a little bit of a VAR discrepancy, but it was called as a goal in the end. And he had a couple other dribbles that were looking really good. Um, our last thing that I was going to ask you, uh, do you, where do you think the U.S. will land come 2026 uh, and, and maybe even the 2022 World Cup? Well, obviously... Um... The main goal right now is just making the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, I think by 2026, if we can continue producing this quality level of talent and hopefully the MLS continues to produce more American talent for the national team, that we could possibly make it round of 16 quarterfinals. Yeah, I totally agree. As a likely likely option. Yeah. I I wouldn't quite go to say that we're like the, the Belgian... Um, golden age, golden age, whatever they call it, but but we are looking promising, and and it's not yet like you said, Zakaya, but it is, it could be coming in the future, and that's really good to see for all of our American listeners, which is like ninety five percent of everyone who listens. Yes, so so it, it's it's really good to see that we have these uh, 
young Americans that could be popping up. And like like we said earlier, there's so many that are popping up right now that we didn't know about. Imagine five years from now, we could have 20 more players playing for teams like Barca, Man City, Liverpool, Juventus, stuff like that. So I think it's super, super promising. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Zakaya. Uh, we all look forward to reading your article, which should be coming out today or tomorrow. Uh, am I correct for uh, with that? Perfect. And yeah, so the pod will be coming out tomorrow. So you guys can check that out while you're listening or after you're listening. And uh, and thank you so much. And we'll have you on sometime soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. See you, Zeke. See you. All right. Yeah, that was that was cool to see. And we uh, we do have a lot of good young players like uh, Brian Reynolds, who was linked to Juve, and uh, Julian Arujo. I, yeah. I feel like I butcher it every single time I say it. <laughs> um, who is also linked to Juve. Um, you had another one who is uh, Balogun, yeah? Yeah, Balogun. Uh, he's gotten a... He has made some appearances for the first team for yeah. Arsenal. Right now, I think he's got um, England nationality, maybe Nigerian, I think he's eligible yeah. for too. Uh, but he's born in New York. Uh, and the USMNT have been pushing him to actually uh, switch to being a U.S. national team player, which would be huge because, you know, people in England and Arsenal fans are saying, oh, we need to play him, like, in the first team now. Yeah. Like, he's that good. So that's huge if we can get him to switch over. I mean, imagine if we had a player the levels of Bukayo Saka. Yeah. And, and we we don't... Right now we have Jossie Zardes as our main striker. So, to be <laughs> it's honest... It's okay, but... It's well, okay, but if you got a 20-year-old who's making waves in England, yes, you kind of got to we, we have Josh Sargent, too. Why isn't he starting? That's true. I'm really confused why Josh Sargent isn't playing more, because he is starting for Werder Bremen. Mm-hmm. That seems like really eligible player to play for our national team. Is Josh Sargent actually that good, where he can outperform a starting striker for Werder Bremen? Yeah. And, and you know, Tim Weah can play striker. I don't know if that's his best position. He's playing yeah. that for Leo as well. So yeah, so we we have good talent lined up. Yeah, we'll we'll just have to see where it takes us. Lastly, today we're gonna do a little quiz for yes. you guys. Uh, Everyone's I, favorite. Every, <laughs> everyone loves when we do a quiz. It's it's definitely the best part of the podcast, and we saved it best for last, so you get to hear it now. Um, so yeah, this one. What's the quiz about? It's by the Athletic. So yes, very prestigious. Prestigious uh, media company. Not quite as prestigious as Class on Grass Media. No, I think go, go check them out at classongrassmedia.com. I think you should go to us first before you go to the Athletic. For your We're going to be making quizzes soon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the UK football quiz of 2020. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna switch off questions. If you guys want to participate, you can as well. DM us if you beat us. Honestly, if yeah. you can beat us, DM us and let us know what your score was. We're just going to be keeping it as if you get a question right, you get a point. We're going to be going every other. And I don't even know if we get to see if it's right right away or we have to wait till the end, but we'll just see what happens. Yeah, honestly, we just wing it here. Yeah. Why not? All right, Leo. Yes. Um, the final of which of these competitions is yet to be played, having been delayed because of COVID-19? Women's FA Cup? Copa del Rey? Copa Italia, or European Super Cup. So from European last Super year, Cup. You're doing that. Incorrect. Okay, hold up. So the European Super Cup. <laughs> I that that is the cup that is Champions League versus but, Europa League. Yeah. Yeah, but that would that would be played like for this year. Yeah, that would be that would be Bayern versus whoever won the Europa League. Has that game actually been played? Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait. I Are they don't... talking about last year? <laughs> yeah, hold up, hold up, hold up. No, no, it, it's, if it's last year, then it's going to be Bayern. There's no other Champions League winner. Okay, so the, was it the women? I, I don't know enough about the women's game. So if it was that one, I wouldn't know. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, so it's, see, I don't know if, it maybe the Copa del Rey? It was. Okay, because the Copa tell you, I thought Juve won that. Because that's just like. The FA Cup or something. Yeah. You know, that was played in the summer, too. I guess they just never got around to it. <laughs> They're just like, we're not doing the Copa del Rey this year. Okay. All right. Um, who won uh, the Portuguese top flight, Benfica, Porto, Sporting, or Braga? This is a great question. Oh. Testing our media knowledge. Well, I'm a huge Portuguese league <laughs> fan, you know? <laughs> uh, well, the obvious ones are Lisbon or Benfica. I'm you know, have... it, you can't sleep on Porto or Braga. <laughs> I mean, you can't sleep on Porto. You can't sleep on Porto. That's true. 
I'm going to go with Benfica. They do nice hobbies. I actually visited the Benfica Stadium. Is it nice? It, it's very nice. They have all of their incorrect. Oh. oh. <laughs> is it Porto? It is. Oh, I said no. you can't. I said you can't sleep on Porto. Oh, no. <laughs> I said you can't Did sleep you know on that? Porto. No, I didn't. Okay. All right. Who headed home Bayern Munich's winner in the Champions League final? Serge Gnabry. Perisic, Gnabry, Müller, or Coman? Oh, it was Kingsley Coman. No, it was Kingsley Coman. I remember posting about it. I remember posting about it. But didn't they score multiple goals? Or it was the winner. Game? It was the winner. Are you sure? Yes, King Komen. Wow, he's done it. I remember posting about it. 1-0, okay. Here we go. 1-0 to Len. See, this one's going to be hard because I don't think you follow the WSL. Oh, <laughs> Which of these sides won oh. the most points in last season's WSL but lost the title on points per game? Do I get options? Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton. Man City. You see, this one seems. I feel. I. I think I know who. It, I, I'm gonna give you a hint because I actually listened to a little bit of a the Guardian podcast. They talked a bit a bit about the WSL, and I think I Ar- Arsenal Everton and Man City. Arsenal and Man City, I think, are the two best women's teams. Okay. But I don't know if that's true or not. Like that's just what I heard. Hmm. Then I'm gonna go with Man City because that was my guess. But I thought Everton were kind of good. If I gave you the wrong information, I would be. It was correct. Oh, it was correct. It's tied. There you go. All right. I think Arsenal had the most points, but they played less games. Yeah. We have, we have to more games. maybe uh, educate ourselves more on... On the WSL. Yeah. Honestly, we might have a podcast about the WSL. True. We Why can not? have a section about it. Yeah. Uh, which forward won the European Golden Shoe, scoring 36 times? Chiro Immobile. <sighs> These are easy. <laughs> Immobile, Messi, Lewandowski, Holland. It, Lewandowski won the... The best player of the year, but Chiro Mobile had more goals. <laughs> Two one to right. Len. This one has Minnesota United. Okay, this is this is ridiculous though. Which <laughs> which side won the twenty twenty MLS Cup? Minnesota United, Seattle Sanders, New England Revolution, or Columbus Crew? The Loons, <laughs> the Crew, obviously. Yes, you are correct. All right. Yeah, that was I deserved that one. But I got the Mobile one, so that's true. Uh, which of these sides did not qualify? for the Nations League finals by finishing top of their group. So they did not qualify even though they finished top of their group. Yeah. Italy, Spain, Netherlands, Belgium. Oh. I don't know if I even know this. Mm. I feel oh, like I it's might. Spain. You're going to go Spain? Yeah. I, I thought Netherlands. I don't know. If it's Netherlands. It is Netherlands. Oh, God. I know, like, they do well, but for some reason they didn't make it. I don't know why. But... But wait, no, but how do you not qualify if you finish top of your group? I think because there's so many groups, maybe, or teams were tied yeah. with the amount of points across the groups. Yeah. Something like that. Which of these managers won a trophy in 2020? Antonio Conte, Pep Guardiola, Andre Villas, Boas, or Diego Simeone? Hmm. Pep Guardiola didn't it wasn't win a trophy. Pep, it wasn't. It might have been Conte. Because well, who's Andre? Who's Andre Villas boss? How do you? What's, how do you say? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't well, know. Atletico did not win anything. Did they? Well, the Copa del Rey was canceled. <laughs> yeah, so they really had the Champions League, which they didn't win, and they had and the league, which, which they didn't. Real win. Madrid won. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with well. So it's either the one guy we don't know or Conte. Inter Milan didn't win anything, I don't think. Well, the Copa Italia... Did they win the Copa Italia? Oh. See, it's it's bringing back references from the past one. Let's just go with the random guy just to see. That'd be funny. Incorrect. No. Was it Kant? Pep. They won the EFL Cup. Was that in 2020? Beating Aston Villa 2-1. Villa. Why Was that Sevilla? 2020? It was 2020. Hmm. That's crazy. Interesting. All right. Oh God, the Swedish oh, league shoot. title. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Swedish oh, league title. Yeah, we went back to the start. Hold on. Uh oh. We're good. We're good. <laughs> um, Wait, how many points do I have? So you have three. I have two. Yeah, something like yeah. I'll, I'll say I have three. You have two. Okay. We're getting there. Okay. Uh, which of these clubs won their first ever league title? <laughs> Uh, Ostersund. I'm not going to know how to say these I names. I think it's Ostersund. Ostersunds in Sweden. Nordjylland in Denmark. Wait, no, Ostersund's good, though. 
Bodo Glimt in Norway. Why do I get this question? Absolutely unbelievable team. And Inter Turku in Finland. Let's go with Bodo. Bodo Glimt. Bodo Glimt. Uh, thank you to all our Norwegian fans. Yeah, honestly. Well, no, this is why I'm going for it. Because I'm Norwegian. Oh, you got it right. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Bodo Glimt for the win. We got to get a Bodo Glimt jersey. Now. Okay, yeah, no. So what, what if we hang a Bodo Glimt jersey like right here, just over everything else? Or just huge flag. Like, okay, forget the background. It, if, we should, if we should replace the Minnesota United scarf with a Bodo Glimt scarf, DM us, actually. Yeah. If we if we Reach should replace the scarf, that is what I need to see to to become a my you know, that is what I need to see to become a patron. We do have a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to, uh, it, but it's like it's not right down there at the moment, so it's not. No, it is. Oh, I'm it joking. Is. It was a bad joke. Well, it's in the description. <laughs> it, it's in the description and it's on the template, the background, whatever's yeah. around us right now. You see this? <laughs> you see this beautiful background? Yeah. Um, which of these things did not happen in 2020? Leon won the Women's Champions League. Sevilla won the Europa League. Honestly, definitely not that one because Sevilla always won the Europa yeah. League. <laughs> Juventus won Serie A. Bate Borisov won the Belarusian Premier League. <laughs> so, Leon woman, I know, won that. I actually think they might not have. I swear they did. I feel like Ars- Arsenal... Or Sevilla, PSG. It's Sevilla PSG did. or Arsenal. Sevilla did. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, wait, what was the third one? Juventus won Syria. So that did happen. Yeah. What is this Belarusian league <laughs> that's throwing me off? Um, I would go with Leon won the Women's Champions League. I, I think it was either PSG or it. Arsenal. I swear they won it. Or you can go with Bate. <laughs> Just because, hmm, fine, Leon. Bait is bait. Why did you do this to me? That happened last time, too. No, I helped you out with the other one, though. That's true. So, what, it's still two to four, maybe? Yeah, four to two. Okay. How did I get that one right? (laughs) Uh, Which team from the top four English divisions finished uh, the 2019-20 season with the fewest points? Norwich, South End, Hull, or Bolton? I'm not going to say... I think uh, I know this one. Norwich finished like 22 points, but that can't be the lowest point to- total. No, not across all of England. It's not South End because you know what this one is. I think I know. Shout out Jared Bowen. Let's go Hull. No, yeah. Hull did well, I thought. Uh... It was Bolton. It was Bolton. Well, they isn't Bolton the team that got like like destroyed. Yeah, like they aren't a club anymore. Honestly, I don't know. I don't pay attention enough to the bottom two leagues. Hull, we're in League One or Championship. They're in Championship. I think they're like mid-table team mm-hmm. these days. Okay, which of these teams from the northwest of England did not finish the season with a points deduction? Wigan, Wigan Blackpool, did. Bolton. Mactown. <laughs> okay. The bias in these questions. <laughs> like, you've had more easier ones. Uh, well, it has to be Mactown, then. All right. Is that, is that locked in? Oh, yeah. What are the other ones? Wigan, a- Blackpool, Bolton, or Mactown? Macclesfield Town for anyone. So I know been. Wigan did. Because they got relegated, even though they had... So, like, they got deducted, like, 12 points. And got relegated. Um, Bolton just aren't club anymore. I think that's true. Or they had some financial thing. Yeah. So I could see that happening. So it's Blackpool or Macclesfield Town. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I say. Well, are Blackpool in like League One, or League Two? They're in League. Mm, I'm gonna say League One because I think I did a career mode last year and they were in League One. <laughs> Let's go with Blackpool. Correct. Oh, yes. That's right. Okay. Four to three. Five four to three. Four, five, you want to do three. next point wins? Sure. Actually, that's really mean to you because well, I'm if going... you, it's like sudden death. Sudden death. Sure. Sudden okay. death. Uh, which of these players did not feature in Pep Guardiola's infamous back five in the champion? Or er, for yeah, Barca? No, in Manchester City oh. team that lost three one to Leon. So. 
Which of these players I, did, were? I think I could figure this out. Fernandinho. He was. Eric Garcia. I don't know who he is. I mean, I know He's who the, he is. Like, I know who yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's a Spanish defender, but I don't really know. João Cancelo. I think Cancelo. Oh. Nicolas Otamendi. It's gonna. Otamendi doesn't oh. play anymore. But I feel like he did. I feel like <laughs> he, he doesn't did play anymore. I feel like that's the one. It's like, oh no. So way. Eric Garcia doesn't get minutes, and Otamendi he doesn't... did last season a lot. Uh, Laporte was in. That's true. This is huge, because you know I'm so good at quizzes. <laughs> I could get this if you didn't. It's really bad when we do quizzes because it really shows how smart we actually are when we don't have notes yeah it kind of exposes us <laughs> well i mean we know around we're we not asked around. like league one questions this is true and, this is true yeah ultimately let's go okay you get one chance you get one chance okay here we go it's a tie if i don't know. jags is in this question <laughs> yeah. which defender scored two own goals in 2020 Moving him up to the fourth in Premier League's all-time own goal rankings. Phil Jags, Phil Jagielka, <laughs> Gary Cahill, Federico Fernandez, or Johnny Evans. It's definitely not Johnny Evans. No way. Evans played for a while. Though. I think it's Phil. <laughs> it's got to be Fitz Jags. I swear, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> so Jagielka has played for a while. and Every single one of these defenders has played for a while. Fernandez hasn't that much. Not in the Premier Newcastle, League. Newcastle, right? Yeah, not yeah. in the Premier League, though. Yeah, that's true. Cahill could have. But I feel he's played years. for Chelsea, so there's yeah. no way he played. Well, you never know. Johnny Evans. Phil Jones plays for Man United. Evans played for Man U, then West Brom, then Leicester. Mm-hmm. So unless he bagged like 10 own calls for West Brom. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jackie Yelka. No! Incorrect. We have a winner. Was it? Was it Evans? Johnny. It was Johnny so, Evans. Like, Here's the thing. My second answer for everything was right. That's true. That's true. So, you know, it's unlucky. But... That wraps up this week's podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, like we said before, let us know what your scores were on the quiz and if you beat us. And uh, and we will... Uh, one last thing. I think we've had a few uh, messages of fans asking to be on the podcast. So I think we're going to start that in a couple of weeks. We have some things to get sorted out right now mm-hmm. for the whole company um but after that i think and all the way through summer we're going to be having some fans on we're going to be having some fun doing some quizzes maybe some like live now. reactions to games yeah if we can uh, if we can get like into that. some games doing some live reactions maybe if we can hit a certain number we might be able to we might be able to think of one but if we hit a certain number on listens or followers or subscribers or something like that we could do a live stream where we answer some questions yeah Yeah, something like that. So maybe if you have an idea, you can let us know. But other than that, we will see you next week. Peace.